Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I am a fangirl. Media literacy, how about that? Because he can get shin splints stomping around <laughs> like that. What do I look like getting queer baited by Marvel in the Again. year 2023? The revival of the fangirl. Hey, snap, crackle, pop, rice, krispies. Are you good? <laughs> hey, everybody. It's been a while since hey. we've been on the mic. Hey. So welcome back to Fangirl Central. I'm Amanda. I'm Amber. We're sisters. And being the, a fangirl is, is central, central to, to our, our identity. Haha, <laughs> get it? You do you hear that? Um, we are here to give you a new episode. You know from the title what it's about, but we're going to get into some updates first because there's like a lot of stuff that's been going on. Like, I feel like we need yeah, to, here and there. to catch up. Yeah, here and there. Together, like, you know, here and there, there's been some things that are going on. Um, All over the place. I'm going to plug our Patreon one more time, just up top. We do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash fangirlcentral. And we have extras and uncut episodes and things like that nature. Mm. Um, we even have a vlog up and some behind-the-scenes footage. Yeah, there's a secret vlog up there from when Amber met Tom Holland in 2017. <gasps> oh, my God, Amanda. That's not what I was talking about. What are you talking about? I was just manifesting that I was going to edit this vlog. While we were setting up today, I was filming a vlog of some sorts. Because, y'all, I'm going to be honest, I'm really tired. And so I said, it's time to go in, into delusion mode. And so I started filming a vlog as if I was a YouTuber of some sorts back in the day. Oh. And now I'm all energized to do this podcast. So you know what the delusion can do? It can get you to the next moment. And I'm going to be manifesting that I'm going to vlog about the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials because I'm not going to sit here and spoil everything for Amber because she is in the middle of watching Doctor Who. We watched an episode last night. I fell asleep, but it's because I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. I just said. Today is uh, November 26th. Why did I say it like that? I don't know. I was it's like, it's November and 26th. And, and I said sick. Like I was British or something. I. Uh, what the fuck? I'm so sorry. We missed What's up? the anniversary of 1D Day. Which was yesterday? The 23rd. Oh. That's also Miley Cyrus's birthday, also the, the literal 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. That's a lot on that day. Are you sure that's the day it was? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay, that's crazy. 
crazy. Mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus turned 31, Doctor Who turned 60, and One, One DJ turned 10 years old. Oh my. That was also the same day that we met 21 Pilots, but we're not going to talk about that right now. I'm really confused at how, at that moment in time, I was like, I've been with these boys their entire lives. And it had been three years. Yeah, you say that frequently. It's crazy because I was like, I have this archive photo on my Instagram of me celebrating their two-year anniversary on July 23rd, 2012. What's up with the n- number 23? I don't know. <gasps> July 23rd, 2010. November 23rd, 2013. 2013. In 2023. And now it's 2023 right now. Um, Much more to say on that, I guess, mm-hmm. another time. But I did watch the first Doctor Who 60th anniversary special yesterday. Mm-hmm. I am wearing Weeping Angels earrings. Can you even see this? Whatever, I'm showing it to the cameras. If you can see it, whatever, I'll, I'll put a picture up on the screen as well if, if you can't see it. But I, they're from Baby Honey Designs on Instagram, and they're literally my favorite earrings. I wear them every single day. They're giant weeping angels. I want and some I new earrings. And I also got sonic screwdriver earrings. I want uh, some new earrings. But anyway, I have not talked to you about this because I was waiting to talk to you about it on the podcast. I watched the Doctor Who special number one yesterday at like 11 a.m. in my bed and when David Tennant's name came up on the screen during the theme song, I screamed and then burst into tears. Like I wa- like I didn't know that it was going to happen. Like I haven't been talking about it for months. Like he had just not been in the cold open and Catherine Tate. Like, but when it said, well, you know this, in the theme song, like it literally just says the doctor's name and then the companion's name and that's it. And right now it's Ooh. David Tennant <laughs> and Catherine Tate. It said David Tennant, Catherine Tate, and the new theme song is so amazing and I love it and I literally screamed and burst in tears. I was like overcome with joy. <laughs> I was like, I cannot fucking believe that in the year 2023, the current doctor is David Tennant and the current companion is Catherine Tate. I can't, I can't, like I, I literally, like I literally can't. Like the, the special was so good. I won't say details because I don't want to give any spoilers to you, but I loved it. And mm-hmm. I'll talk about more of my thoughts in a vlog on the Patreon. Like I will get into depth because I, there were some things that I love, 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 love. I just feel, and also the fact that it's Russell T Davies is the current showrunner who was literally like the showrunner from seasons four to one to four. David Tennant and Russell T Davies, I think are like the best combination. That's just my opinion. Mm. Um, I will give more opinions on that, but I, I don't know if I've said this, but Stephen Moffat is my number one enemy. Mm-hmm. And I would say that to his You've face. you said that, yes. But Along with Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry is a nasty ass bitch. <laughs> like the way that he represents black women in his movies, I just can't even like even get into it right now. But I did say that also. Um, uh, but Should yeah. we keep that in? Is that dangerous? I put it on my letterbox. I said Tyler okay. Perry is a nasty ass bitch. And I would say that there. to his face. He knows what he did. He does know what he did. He knows what he did. Several times. Yeah, I'm literally losing it over Doctor Who. Like, I have this little bitty Doctor Who here. I was wearing my my 14th Doctor shirt while I was watching it. Mm. David Tennant's back there just chilling out. Like, also, I love like, it. I love the revival of the fangirl. The revival of the fangirl. I just, like, I can't even, like, say enough how much I cannot believe that we get Russell T. Davies back, David Tennant back, and Catherine Tate back. Arguably, season four is the best season of New Who, I think. Oh. I think season five is a really good season, but I have problems with the way Amy is characterized and the way women are characterized in general mm. during Stephen Moffat's run. Mm. So I have to say that season four is probably the best. So and Rose, I love you, girl, you know, but like season four, I think, just kills it. So they're calling it New Who. It is New Who. <laughs> 
They're calling it that though? That's what it is. The revival series that came out in 2005, that's New Who. It's New Who versus Classic Who. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to hear me talk about Doctor Who with spoilers, then just, you know, go to Patreon. The other day I was on TikTok and Justin Bieber and these stomping videos, I don't know if you've anyone has seen them, kept coming up one after another to different music. And I still don't know what song he's stomping to. Somebody told me what it was, but first of all, number one, forgot the, the song. And number two, I commented on the Fangirl Central account, what song is he was is even playing in the background? And someone was like, bet on it, Troy Bolton. And I was like, like no, obviously no. I know what bet on it is. Like, like what is he performing like, on stage? What is the song that he is singing? Like, what is the Justin Bieber I song? I need to know. Actually. I think it's anyone. Mm. That might not be okay. That might not sound right. Does well, that sound I right? I can't remember how. I, I, I'm 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 hearing Demi Lovato's anyone. Me too. That's and why so I, said, I can't is that hear right? his his other one. But is that what it's called? Anyone? He has an anyone too. I don't. know. Or is it the baby? The one where he, where the baby is in his video. That doesn't video. sound right. It's you are the only one I'll ever love. Oh, uh, oh you. You're the only good I've ever done. What's it called? Yeah, it's, if it's not you, it's, it's not, not anyone. anyone. Oh, okay. It's called anyone. Okay. Like, that's apparently what he was stomping to. Well, I want him but to be like, careful because he can get shin splints stomping around <laughs> like that. Like, he is stomping really hard. And then, like, jumping and turning around. I, I'm like, why are you? What is this new movement? I can't lie. I've watched a lot of videos of him stomping to different videos. It makes me want to do the dance with him. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it does. Like, I don't know what that move is. It's so ridiculous, but it does bring me to try to get up and dance. I tried to do the, the swing thing just to imitate him. And I'm like, what is he doing with his arms? All he's doing is, all he's doing is, <laughs> like, just, like, he's just, like, he's just, like, emphatically, like, being like, I'm turn and now I'm turning. I, I I just want to do it. it. It just looks really smooth, and it's I just like, it, what is he doing? Rem- you know it, what I mean? I don't know who it reminds me of, but it just feels familiar to me. I'm just like, you are being a goof. He is a goof. Since when is he touring? Like, I didn't know that he was touring. Like, I was like, oh, Justin Bieber's retired. Those can't be recent. I'm pretty sure they are. What's he up to? Because they're it. They're he's doing it in many different. Like, it's new. I have like it's a new no thing that people idea what is he's it? up to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, but we, I hope he's okay. I love him. We just like the stomping. Well, <laughs> I'll just I'll talk about it for myself. I like the stomping. I like the stomping too. Like I was sitting on my phone dying I it laughing. Was hilarious. I'm like, sure I've never I, seen anything funnier. I, yeah, I couldn't stop laughing. But like, I'm sure if I was at a concert now after seeing them all this frequently, and I saw him live performing, and he started going to that song, I'm sure I would shriek. I would start stomping I with him. Like I would literally start stomping with him. You can't tell me that that people are like Justin Bieber went in 2012 and it's him like doing very complex dance moves. And then it's like Justin Bieber in 2023 and he's doing that. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, let him live. Let him live. (laughs) Let him live. This is how he wants to dance now. That's how he wants to do it. He is feeling the music. Oh God, I hope he's okay. (laughs) I don't, what I, it's giving, I don't give a fuck. Like the stomping is giving, I don't give a fuck. Mm. But li- like Justin literally, Drew. I can't. I, I literally can't. That's one of those things. He's one of those people where I knew I found out what I knew about him like 
that are just fact, like his middle name, the time he was born, and his birthday. Like random things that I will just always know about him, even if I don't keep tabs on him. Like I don't know what he's up to now, but I know. You know, Justin know. Drew Bieber. Justin Drew Bieber. That's like fangirl leftovers. It's like, yeah, I have all these random facts all about Sebastian Stan in my mind, but do I need them? No. no. Do I act on them? No. no. Do but I, I got continue to learn more? No. No. Yeah, do I continue to learn more? No. But I know what I know. But I know what I know. And we, we both know what we know. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to talk about Jim from Our Flag Means Death. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we didn't talk about anybody other than Edward very much <laughs> when we were talking about Our Flag Means Death, but that's because Edward's my favorite character. I stumbled, sorry, before you get into Jim, I stumbled across Taika Waititi at the Grove. <laughs> When he was walking out of his premiere, I stumbled for, across him. For He was having the next goal wins premiere at the Grove of all fucking places. Yes, and I was working at the Grove every day that week for an event that my job was throwing. And I stumbled across him quite literally as he was walking out of the theater. No, literally. Like, Amber was there. Amber was there. She works in talent and events. And so, like, she literally was there on official business. Like Official offic- business. Official I was business. being professional. This is what a professional fangirl is. It's a woman who is trying to handle her own shit and Taika Waititi walks out of the AMC at the same time. Like, she's walking to her car. Amber texted me, I'm looking at Taika. And I was like, what are you fucking talking about? I was like, everyone, shut up. (gasps) Everyone, shut up. I saw him at the Black Panther premiere in 2016. When did Black Panther come out? Was it 2018? I'm always like, was it 2016 or 18? Like, I literally can't remember. Right, because Civil War came out in 2016. Mm -hmm. I saw him at the Black Panther premiere, and I feel like it's like, so weird that you saw him at a different premiere and it was his premiere. Yeah, like yeah. the two times that both of us have seen him separately were at premiere. Mm-hmm. Like, and what color suit was he wearing at yours? Blue. Mine was maroon. Yeah, he looked really good. Really I remember. Good. I remember being startled about how much better he looks in person because I already think that he's hot. He was smiling and 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 standing <sighs> real tall and and I was like, I I gotta go. I got it. I gotta go. I was glad because I was gonna go. Remember, I was like, oh, I'll come to that event. It was in my calendar. Oh, but that wasn't even the night. It, that was. It, I thought it was on Wednesday. No, it was on the Tuesday. I was there like prep for the event. Like I was there just late night trying to prep for the event, like making gift bags and things. And oh. and and then by the time we wrapped up, there my coworkers were like, in. maybe we like, because we we were like, there's no way this premiere is happening tonight. And they were like, let's just take the long way to the garage. We did. And white when we were walking up, he was there. Just hugging and kissing people outside. Yeah, and then Rita Ora was there. <laughs> and I was like, I, I uh, like respectfully, all right. That is so fucking random. Yes, it was. We also saw a member of Five Scenes of Summer at a bar recently, and it was the most random situation of our lives. Just adding just, to the just random adding to the sightings. list of random occurrences. Like, we've literally never, ever in our lives tried to meet Five Seconds of Summer. And I just think that's ironic. We never, ever have. Because we've met them mul- multiple times on accident, and we die hard tried to meet One Direction, and it just didn't work. Never, ever happened. Never worked. And I think, honestly, <laughs> what I think that is, is honestly the universe protecting us. Because <laughs> say... Say we did say we did meet One Direction on one of the attempts. I don't think that that would have gone smoothly. No, I think I don't think it, no. I think I, it would have only been a, a, a cringy moment to me in my my time now. So and it would have been super depressing. Like um, 
as soon as they walked away, it was it would have been like post post concert depression, like but but times to a the thousand degree. Like I, it would just be like come back, Li- literally come like, back. No, it's actually very good. No, no. Um, <laughs> it's good that we've never seen them. I I like to live on a different planet than them, than them, than than Zac, Zac Efron. Efron, the Jonas Brothers, even. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to see Justin Bieber. Don't need to see him out. I mean, these people, they're in my childhood brain, so, mm-hmm. like, they don't exist. Yeah, you know, like, it's, it's almost like... They're, like, animatronics. Like, because I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to see them off the stage, thanks. <sighs> oh, God, it would be, like, a Five Nights at Freddy jump scare if I'd I saw be, Right, it would be, like, sorry! I'd be, like, I thought you only existed in High School Musical. In the box. In the box. You only exist in the box. Get back in the box! Get back in the box. I'm trying to order coffee. What are you doing here? That is so correct because I was so scared whenever like the uh, the mascot version of Chuck E. Cheese would be out about on the floor. I'd be like, wait, he's free range. Like, wait, he can go. He can go whenever he wherever he wants. And I would immediately start hiding in the little tunnels. Oh, my God. Actually, yes. A man and I used to run from this thing. And there was one time when we hopped in one of those cars and put the quarter in so fast as if it would get us away from him faster. And then he walked down our (gasps) aisle. And so we were just like (gasps) in the car (gasps) and just like I have this memory. I remember this memory. Literally, I've I've been so scared of masks since the day I was born mm-hmm. literally at my I had my fourth birthday party at Chick-fil-A mm. Chick-fil-A was literally like on every single corner in the <sighs> south and you know they don't like gay people but you know it's I'm sorry their chicken is amazing but I had my fourth birthday <laughs> party at Chick-fil-A and I'm gay so I can say that and they were ha- singing happy birthday to me and this is on video the cow comes out and they're, everyone's like Amanda Mandy look at the cow look at cow and i literally just like stare straight ahead at my food and like silently am eating she and i will not look at the cow it's like, not there I if i don't see it absolutely will not look it's not there if i don't look at it or acknowledge it it's not there and it's like getting up in my face waving at me and i'm just like completely fucking ignoring this cow right like and they're like amanda like look at the ca-. and and until it would until it <laughs> walked away like fuck that cow i never liked mascots you were three i was my fourth birthday Day. So I was around. Yeah, you were too, but you know, you weren't. I, I wonder mean, what you were I was doing. Like running around. <laughs> like, you probably like looking at the cow. I wonder what I was doing. I don't know, but. That it was crazy. I, it was a jump scare to me that you met Taika. Oh! Or you Sorry, I forgot that you were going <laughs> to. I didn't know you were going to pull the conversation back You over didn't there. meet him, but you did. You like waved at him and he did look. I just mouthed, like, can I have a selfie to him? But like, in hindsight, I probably didn't smile it clearly because he just like stared at me <laughs> and then turned away because he probably was like, what the fuck? I don't even know what I would have done if I had been there. I, I feel like I would have had to be like, congrats on Our Flag Means Death. I wanted to say something. I wanted to say something Our Flag Means Death related, but I was just kind of like really tired. I had all of these bags on me from work, and I was like, I, I, I gotta go. Yeah. I don't have the mental capacity to even form a real sentence. That's why I was like... And it's honestly, it's okay. It's fine, whatever. We, We'll he, he probably ha- won't remember me. We'll have the meeting with him when we have it. Yeah, he ain't gonna remember that. No, maybe. Goofy. I don't know. You have purple hair. Well, <laughs> he'll be like, you're that crazy person at the Grove. <laughs> but anyways, talking about Our Flag Means Death, I was re-watching season two. I re-watched season one through two. and So um, all of them. I, yeah, I watched. <laughs> I, I was watching season, I was season two. I, I re-watched, re-watched season, season one through two. two. <laughs> so I re-watched the whole show. <laughs> 
back to back. What I meant was like I re- I rewatch it all, including season one. So mm. I rewatch season two with the framework of season one in mind. Mm-hmm. And I just want to reiterate because I feel like we recorded that episode right after we watched the finale. Ugh. But I want to reiterate that I'm I'm like sick of the fandom. Like just like there's a part of the fandom that's like hating on season two because they're like the pacing is off and they didn't include enough about these characters and I can't believe they killed off and I can't believe blah, blah, blah. like they just they, they're just like ragging on it ragging on it ragging on it and like sending like really mean notes to the writers because they like don't Ooh-oh. agree with who died and Oop, stuff boop, and boop. but when I rewatched season one and, and yes they did have budget cuts they cut the budget by 40% the second season so like they had fewer episodes they had two fewer episodes and like the budget was cut just and, and like you can kind of tell like the say la vie though the, it, it, and but they made such a good season yeah with those that's budget cuts. and i just want to reiterate like fandom can get so toxic with like i don't know just like berating the writers it's like would you rather it be sherlock where they just fucking made fun of the fandom for even like liking slash fanfic and like shipping the the two guys making fun of queer people in the show with it itself like i don't know is that really how it is that's literally how it is. Like oh God. literally, like the it, I've never watched like, Stephen Moffat. Like one episode. Stephen Moffat created Sherlock. Also, oh, he's my enemy number one. Your eyes got really like serious. And then <laughs> I'm so serious. You said Stephen Moffat. I said Stephen Moffat. I said Stephen Moffat created Sherlock. Oh my God. And menace, 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 menace. 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 Um, <laughs> <laughs> like literally, like so. Would you rather be? Would you rather be that? Would you rather be? Sorry, Loki. Mm. Where they're still queer baiting. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, "Ain't no way I'm gonna get queer baited by Marvel." Mm-mm. Like how how are not you, again? What what do, what do I look like getting queer baited by Marvel in the again. year 2023? Right, never again. I'm not watching Loki. I'm sorry. I watched the first season and I really enjoyed it because it reminded me of Doctor Who. But I am not watching. It. I have to confess that me saying never again was really just like as a listener because I never was queer baited by Marvel. I never like I wasn't really into those ships when watching Marvel. Mm-hmm. I was there for Spider Man mm-hmm. and the hope that Spider Man was coming. Yeah. Soon. The big one for me is Stephen Bucky. Like I don't. I remember ship watching anybody else. I mean, I did. Sh- I did read a lot of Spider-Man, Deadpool, but like that wasn't a thing in the movies, so uh-huh. it's not like I was. Right. I mean, I guess they did kind of queer bait us in the comics, but that's a whole other story. That is a different. That's a different story. But I. I remember watching um Stephen Bucky and mm-hmm. knowing how you were shipping them. Yeah. And I was like, I see it, I see it, I see it, I see it. But I was never going into those viewings with that. I was like, when is Sony? When are they going to fix the? partnership so that we can have spider-man do something when can spider-man get in and i remember when i first heard sorry to like go over here but like i remember when they first (laughs) announced (laughs) i remember when they first announced spider-man and sony like being able to work something out i was like what i remember you were like no, I was like, like I feel this like you is were, a lie. I think, yes, you were in denial. Like I told, I remember we were fully t- when we talked about it. You were like, but no. I was like, no, 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 no. It's no, like, no. but you, but that doesn't mean that Spider. You were like, that doesn't mean that Spider Man will be in the Avengers though. And I said, yes. yes. You were like, this is what it means. That's what it means. And I was like, that's exactly what it means. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then I saw it, and I was like, well, where did we find this one? I think he's the best part of Civil War. I think he and Black Panther are the best parts of Civil War. Definitely, one hundred. 100%. That's the whole point of the movie is to introduce those two. <laughs> like, I was like, where do we find him? And where do we find him? And we're getting full movies of both of them 
soon. Yeah, that was the that was that's when I zoomed on it. That's when I zoomed on it. That was Marvel's last win, and they have not won since. And I'll stand on that. I agree. I will even say that while I was watching Winter Soldier, I wasn't even like begging Marvel to give in to making Stephen Bucky canon. I was mm-hmm. just kind of like using it as like material for material fan fiction. for fanfiction. Yes, like literally material for like backstory for the fan fictions I was reading. That's so, just how you approach everything and back so then. Actually, that's how I. Yeah, that's literally how I approach everything. And honestly, I prefer the Marvel treatment over the Sherlock treatment because Marvel didn't even address it at all. Like none of the Marvel executives, nobody that worked on it would even like answer questions about it. They never mentioned it. But the BBC Sherlock cast and crew would just make fun of it. Mm. And they made fun of it in the show. And interviewers still do this. Like I'm seeing like I see clips of like interviewers asking Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson about Lokius, their ship name. And what is the well, inter- Owen Wilson's name in there? Mobius? I don't know his don't name. Know. I'm going to call him Owen Wilson. Okay. Um, people ship Loki and Owen Wilson together. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever they... <laughs> whenever they... <laughs> whenever they... <laughs> I'm picturing his character in the internship in Loki. <laughs> or Jedediah. <laughs> or Jedediah. <laughs> okay. No. Whenever they ask them, the interviewer is like, so... <laughs> <laughs> so... So there's, there's people. <laughs> so there's people online that they 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 don't want Loki and Sylvie together. <laughs> they want Loki and Owen Wilson together. <laughs> and they, uh, uh, have you heard Lokius? And Tom Hiddleston's like, oh yeah 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 yeah. You know, I mean, they have a really special relationship. And it's like they're like dancing around it. And I will say Tom Hiddleston's been respectful about it. But the interviewers, I'm like, yeah, get these fucking fanboy interviewers out. Yeah, get them fucking out. Oh, oh. Miles and miles and miles and miles and miles away yeah. from me, especially in the Marvel fandom. Like the Marvel fandom is split between like fuck, like literally the fucking worst fanboys of all time, sexist, racist, homophobic, literally fucking stupid, and then the other half is like the gayest people you'll ever meet, and like they like Marvel for completely different reasons. Mm. And like I am like <laughs> uh, 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 uh. at this point, I don't like Marvel because of how good it is. That's I am not. I'm telling you that. Mm-mm. But anyway, I they need to sit, they need to sit down, take a break, really pull back for a second, and start thinking about the content they're releasing because they're doing way too much at once. And I am not keeping up. And I, I don't care that I'm I not think, keeping up. I think they're slowing down because they're realizing that that don't nobody want to keep up no more. Quit. Take a break. Take a don't break. No, don't nobody want to keep up no more. And it's bad. And like they've lost the plot. They've like, lost the universe. They've lost the plot. It's sit literally down. just like late stage capitalism. The studios are putting so much money into it to, to put out as much as possible in as little time as possible. And it's not it's of quality. All, it's quantity over quality. Like the shit looks awful. Like the VFX look terrible. They underpay their VFX people. They underpay all these people. They get like forty five different writers and directors to make every single thing. Do you know that until recently, like literally until recently, <laughs> the way they were running their t- television shows was like, let's just shoot it and then figure it out in post. Like, let's just shoot it and then figure out what's wrong with the story in post. They weren't. You they weren't doing like writers' rooms. Do that, so. It's like, do you know how to make television? Like, yeah, there's that a lot of people sense. that You're know have how to, to make television. Add some scenes if you figure something. Whatever. Listen, Shit's going down. That's not our problem. And that was not my original point. No. We, I think we did need to. I, I will never we really miss an opportunity to just like fucking Go slam in dunk on Marvel. on Marvel because. No, honestly. Because they're, they're, like they're too everywhere. I say this as I'm. I have my Spider Man blanket on here keeping me warm today, everyone. You know why that's a good point? Is like, I still love certain Marvel movies that I grew up with. I still love them, even though they're varying levels of military propaganda. Oop! have been approved by the American military. Like, 
I know that they're military propaganda, all of them, and I hate that about it, and I probably wouldn't blindly love it if I had wa- if I watched it right now. Right. But there's certain nostalgic values to those movies and that cast and ensemble that will always hold a special place in my heart, but I'm not going to go, you know, rewatch Winter Soldier 12 times a day anymore. No, and that's also why it's best to watch the DVDs you have and not the streaming services. I also just, I love Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man as a concept. Like, Spider-Man, I feel like, can be whoever you want Spider-Man to be. And I feel like that's why Spider-Verse did so well and is doing so well. I prefer Spider-Verse as a movie to, like, whatever the fuck Marvel I will sit and cry at Spider-Verse for the rest of my life. I love that movie so much. Um, but, like, too. what I was originally saying we're talking was, about Jim. We're talking about Jim. I was talking about Jim. I was like, I'm, like, kind of sick. How do we get here? I'm Sorry. kind of sick of the R Flag Means Death and Good Omens fandoms on Twitter, at least. And that's, like, that's that's attributing to my, like, fangirl fatigue, which we'll t- talk more about later. And I also feel like the way I was just, like, ranting about Marvel, it, like, attributes to my fandom fatigue. It's like, there's all these toxic things going on that it's hard to remember what I like about it. But anyway, yes. I will, I, I'll, I'll say more on you that You gotta later. slap yourself on a wrist for, like, everything you grew up with now. Yeah. Because you're, like, your eyes are open. You Ignorance just, or bli- is bliss. It's just, like, difficult mm-hmm. to navigate fandom space with nuance because nobody does it. Mm-hmm. I'm wanting our little pocket of listeners and it's among us ourselves to like create an analytical look at it. Like, like yeah, like, yeah, wh- like an what, emotional. Too. Yes. What do you like about it? And what c- do you condemn about it? Because there are things that are wrong with it. I feel like the outside view of a fangirl is like somebody that loves something no matter what has no problems with it. It's like either you absolutely adore it and have no critiques or you hate something. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's not the reality of liking something. Yeah. Like as an adult in the world who understands the world and has their own experiences, that's not really the reality of anything, Mm-mm. of how you like anything. So the way that we we fangirl is like, I will shout at this concert. I don't know slash approve of every single thing this artist does in their life mm-hmm. because they're a human being. Yeah. That and also like watching movies, it's like, you can watch the most fantastical thing and apply it to what's going on in, in the world. Yeah. And do that. Like and think about it. I rewatched X-Men First Class and it was literally the most sexist thing I've ever seen. Like every single female character got naked mm-hmm. at some point. Like took her clothes off at some point. Mm-hmm. Every single one, even the CIA. And that's why it's so ingrained and like that's why we some of us like or yeah, sometimes we don't notice it all the time because we did that's grow up with it. How that every was movie the, was that's the norm. Like we grew up thinking that was, that was correct. Yeah. That and was was normal like, and, and it was framed in a way of like female empowerment like it was like oh like she's so hot and she knows it and she's taking her clothes off like she's using mm. her body to, uh-huh, to to get the men her like like tree trunks to trick the men she's a femme fatale mm-hmm. like and we were fed that and all movies and all action movies were like that and so it was like nothing different and also at the same time jennifer lawrence was in the hunger games at the same time which i feel like was a pretty empowering role Looking back on those movies, they didn't really objectify her in the same way that they did in X-Men First Class. But I feel like since they came out around the same time, I was like, yeah, she's like cool and she's powerful. Oh, yeah. So in both. Blend, yeah. Like it was just kind of, and I was like, oh, no, mm. no, 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 no. They don't treat her character well in this movie at all. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. and also it's directed by like, he has allegations of like pedophilia and like grooming young men all these problems but x-men first class was one of my favorite movies in high school and so i rewatched it mm-hmm. re- with sd recently mm-hmm. and we were both like fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> like what it's super gay really it's super gay like and i knew that back then it's super super gay like there's there's a whole and there's, there's a whole subplot of eddie Gathegi and lucas till like having a relationship lucas till is in this exactly 
Lucas Till, Zoe Kravitz, Eddie Gathegi, like the, the the son from Get Out, the redheaded son from Get Out, Jennifer Lawrence, Michael Fassbender, Evan Peters. Uh, e- no, no, he's not in that one. Okay, my f- um, Hugh Jackman. He does. He 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 does. He makes a cameo. Hugh, Hugh Jackman is in every single X Men movie, at least in a cameo. And we all cheered. And it was my first X Men movie I ever saw, and I had no idea what was going on except when I saw Wolverine. I said, "That's Wolverine. I know that." Uh- but that's funny. That's anyway, how I am a lot of the time. It's just, who, who did I miss? James McAvoy, the main character. Um, um, I forgot his name. I always forget his name. Sorry, James. I just watched. Him Sorry, Mister Tumnus. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I just watched him something. I always forget he's that. But anyway, all of this to say is like you can have complex thoughts about media, mm-hmm. media literacy. How about that? Right. You know what? And those are the best college classes. And this is, and (laughs) welcome to our TED Talk. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Anyway, I just want to touch on Jim from Our Flag Means Means Death. Death. Let's get into it. Because I was re-watching it, and not only do I think that it's a really good arc, season one through two, when I watched season one, I I do think that watching season one helped me realize I was non-binary subconsciously because I... It always happens this way, you know? It's like, oh, why do I relate to this character? I just mm-hmm. really love them. Like, I, I felt that way about, like, gay characters mm-hmm. before I realized I was gay. Mm-hmm. And and then with Jim, I was like, oh, isn't that just so great that the non-binary people can have representation? Like, such good representation. <laughs> I love this. And, like, good for the non-binary people. Right. And I really am such an ally to non-binary people. Mm-hmm. And then I was, like, slowly, I, I, I started realizing that I was like non-binary. Too, like, and I way relate too yeah. way too much. I just, I haven't seen very many, like, AFAB non-binary people in things that have full characters and I don't think full I have arcs. once ever. I don't... I can't even recall. Like, I actually can't recall a non-binary character having such a full backstory and full arc that's not just like, oh, they're non-binary and their pronouns are they, them. Yeah, I just, don't. Just so you know. That's not. Just so you know. Right. Their pronouns are they, them. That's. And and that's never, it. That's it. I, I can't think of anything at all. And it was so seamless the way that they, like, came out as non-binary. And, like, also, I feel this way about the Doctor Who special. Donna has a trans daughter. And they do it so well in mm. my opinion i think i have a little gripe with like one moment at the end that does not really have anything to do with her but like her character is really good she's on um what's that gay show our flag means Heartstopper. <laughs> she's on Heartstopper. there's the non-binary thing but then in season two i know a lot of people hated that they like in air quotes broke up jim and aluande with their different love interests mm-hmm. but i feel like from the actor's perspective because vico ortiz is polyamorous mm-hmm. i feel like from the actor's perspective they're polyamorous and we just didn't get enough screen time to see that they were. Yeah. Um, I and mean, that's what I was picking up. Exactly. That's what I was picking up, I too. I was like, well... And I like the poly representation. I also think it's really cool as also a bisexual person. Mm-hmm. Like, as coming into, like, being non-binary and... But also as pi- bisexual. I really like how Jim was with Aluande and then kissed Archie. And it's like neither of those relationships are binary. The one with Aluande is not straight. Mm-hmm. And the one with Archie is not lesbian. Mm-hmm. It's just like Jim is a person yes. and they like other people. Yes. And it just occurred to me that I had never seen anything like that in my mm-hmm. life on TV before. I thought that was very interesting, too. When they were having like their all their like cuddly moments, I was like, well, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Because you identify how you identify what, yeah. what is correct. And you love who you love. Yeah. And you, you, nobody can just say this is how you have to present to, de- to be able to say that you define yourself as this, as right. another thing. Like, it's like, well, 
you actually don't know much. No. So you don't know much about what's going on in my head <laughs> or this person that I like's head. So so I don't really know why I feel the need to defend you on this. Right. And nobody to, to defend my identity on this. And nobody's asking them to. Like right. nobody's asking Jim who they like nobody even asks anybody like yeah no, how they no, identify on nobody, that boat yeah yeah like no on that boat on that boat uh nobody B. asks steed like just be for what for for all we know steed could be bisexual we don't we, we don't, don't know. know we don't know who ed likes like we don't know we and do it honestly know. doesn't matter it doesn't matter like there's no reason to like force anybody into a box mm -hmm. and i think that is super cool so mm -hmm. i i just wanted to touch on that before we get into like more stuff more and more things i agree with that i agree with that and i love that i don't know i just love the world of our flag means death and i don't know i hesitate to be like oh i want like more seasons because i know it's just a three season arc but then it's like spinoff and then it's like oh when is too much when is enough enough i want to say that watching sorry i cut you off but it's kind of the same conversation not at all but i want to say that watching adventure time like with you last night was very interesting i haven't like watched it in a while mm -hmm. and i was realizing more of the perry aspect than i feel like i did the first time i watched it like i was kind of like this is funny oh i get it perry parody oh, oh oh but like when the jokes were happening or like when certain lines were said i was catching them more than whenever I, whenever i've been re-watching them yeah and it was really funny. That show is straight up satire. Yeah, now I gotta, I really gotta like fully rewatch it again. It does remind me of a more wholesome Invader Zim. And I gotta watch Invader Zim. When we started watching, Amber was like, just so you know, this the show is really weird. And then she was like, and then I remember that you watched Invader Zim, so it's fine. Yeah. Like, I was like, the, the opening scene of like the first episode is the juice coming out of the dead candy people. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh no, I wonder if Amanda's gonna make me turn this off. And then I like as while I was having that thought, I was like, her favorite show is Invader Zim. I literally as soon as I saw that, like that image itself, I was like, oh, I'm gonna like this show. Like that's crazy. Like I was like, oh, oh I like it. Because I d I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's crazy to me because you grew up liking Invader Zim, but I always thought that you were opposed to things like that. Even even as you were an Invader Zim fan, because I never really like watched it with that perspective. But I, now I'm like, I'm understanding your taste more. I do yeah, the t I feel like it's like the fine line between like too gross mm -hmm. just for like shock value. And I don't even like that. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like shock value. I don't like anything for shock value. No. Like nudity for shock value. Like have a like point violence to it. for shock value. Like I and, and everything needs to just to to have a story use, you know? Yes. Like I don't want to be shocked. Mm -hmm. I want to be delighted. Mm-hmm. I love being surprised and I love being delighted, but like I don't need to be like just shocked with like the worst thing in the world. Mm -mm. I don't like when it's what is it like excessive? Yeah, just like, like I don't. You're I don't just doing it just because you were you got carried away and no, you're having I, fun with it. I don't like gross out humor. No, like, I don't like when you're trying to gross me out because I will get grossed out. I have a squeamish squeamish mm -mm. tendency. Yeah, but I do like weird, bizarre imagery. And that's all you got in Adventure Time. That I time. can't look away from. Adventure that's Time is crazy. Why I like Tim Burton, why I like Invader Zim, I love uh, Adventure Time. And I think you should, because you like Adventure Time, I think you should watch Over the Garden Wall, okay. which Elijah Wood is the main character, and he plays a 12-year-old with a little brother, and they get lost in the woods on Halloween night. And it's like, literally... It's, will I it, cry? It's so, you will. Oh. It's so Adventure Time coded. Uh. And also, like, the brother relationship, I think you will cry. They remind me a lot of us. Amber... 
Okay, well, sure, I I'll do. watch it. There's a little bird, like there. The, My little bird. There's like ah. all these really, really like fantastical, like Halloweeny stuff. But you could watch it over the holidays. That's cute. Okay, we maybe we will. I I want to talk about this quickly, mm-hmm. just for the you know because this is the catch up episode, y'all. Uh, I guess it'll be like a month late, but we're recording this in November, as you know, and yep. we watched Love Island Games. Yep. Um, because Love Island Games, the 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 characters are real people. And if we go in on someone, we will be going in on someone who is real. And that is against our philosophy right, in but certain ways. But know that we have very, very deep opinions about all of the things that happened on that show. We yep. love the show. I personally love the idea of Love Island Games because it brings back all of your favorite islanders from like different years. Like Maybe you haven't seen them in like three years and now yeah. they're acting like mature in the villa. It's very right. interesting. I just like, I loved it because Love Island... It's one of those reality series that is so much like a social experiment that it's like, this is interesting to watch how people can grow just genuinely from an empathetic aspect. Yeah, because of how, because of age and also having done it before. Also, Mm -hmm. it's like the most multicultural Love Island I've ever seen. At one point, there was a black person in every single couple. And like, you cannot say that for any season ever. Any season ever, especially the UK. The UK is so, so, so whitewashed. And like, black people come in and they don't get main storylines and they don't get anyone coming into the villa for them genuinely. They always get left for some other white person or they get someone pretending that they are into them so that they can stay in the villa. I just think that that's fucked up and England has a race problem that they are not addressing. Yes, they do. And who has one a race problem as well? Australia. Because even though they only have like five seasons, they have very little, very little people of color in that show. And obviously there's racism in America, but like the black people in America, I feel like... Ride for the black people. Ride for the black people and are more aware of the racism they might encounter in dating. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like the ones in England don't even like want to mention it. Well, for some reason, sometimes they're just like, I don't know what it is, but it seems like there's something missing. And I'm like, you're black. Yeah. You're black. But I don't know what it is, but no one's come in for me. You're black. you're black. But and then and, and like sorry for the harshness. But like also don't act like these white people in, coming in ask, acting in like America, tall, dark, and handsome. Right. Black. Think think they're talking about a black man. And also in America, there are black girls who are also like there have been the circumstance where they're like, I don't get it. Because they they their preference is white guy. And they're like, I don't get why it's not working out for me. And it's the same reason. Mm. But there are also girls who are like hinting at I know why it's not working out for me I'm noticing it and I know why yeah like don't and so they just are like I'm not gonna get I'm just gonna stay in the villa and have a good time I'm not gonna give him everything the whole conversation asking people what your type is 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 inherently racist because the white people only say blonde Blonde, or brunette they only say blonde or brunette that's all they say it's like, I go for blondes, I go for dark hair mm-hmm. and dark features. And they never mean black people. Mm-hmm. I learned this lesson at 11 years old. Mm-hmm. I learned it from middle school when all the white boys I had crushes on like did not want to get with me at all. And they pushed me towards the black boys in my grade mm-hmm. that I didn't know. And also did not like me because they preferred white girls. It's a matching game. Like It was like, as a black girl in America, like kind of nobody is writing for you so like you have to be you have to generate it yourself which is why black girl magic came about and like why i feel like i am the most confident i've ever been because i learned that pining after people that were racist was a waste of my time Mm. and so i'm not even like my standards are so high like i don't even 
bad night. I don't it even. It's, you don't. Flinch. It's like it's like I used I don't to. I used to. This is now. This is an interesting conversation because this is real, 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 real. Like I used to desperately want white boys to like me. Mm-hmm. Like it was the only thing I care. It was like one of the only things I cared about. It was like my value was like whether or not white men thought that I was desirable, mm-hmm. which is why in a, a couple episodes ago I lost my mind that David Tennant <laughs> kissed a black woman because I knew that yeah. me in in high school would have been like so it's possible so it's possible and yeah. David Tennant like it was just it would have made me like him more mm-hmm. like it would have made me think I had a chance more and it's not even chance chance like I'm not David Tennant is married like I yeah it's, it's just like it's a just chance like, of the idea that a white guy could like someone that resembles right. you which is like the whole thing of representation right but it's so toxic because that is how it is like if you go on Tumblr there's like a hashtag BWWM link where they have all of these TV representations of like mixed mm. couples and interracial couples which is great and beautiful and yes everyone can be in a couple but it became to be a thing for me as well where I was like I need to be in a couple with a white man to feel value in the right. world exactly like exactly that's, that's horrific that's fucked that up. That is horrific. We went to a all girls, all white school in Memphis, Tennessee. I did. I went there for thirteen years. Amber went there for fifteen years. That's what we were surrounded by. That's what we were seeing. Mm-hmm. And like that was the that was the norm. That was what we knew to be the norm. I didn't start like it didn't start shaking for me until twenty thirteen when like Tumblr feminism and like it like <laughs> intersection. I learned what intersectionality meant, and then like it was a slow. It's been a slow process from of the last ten years of me like breaking out of that thought process mm-hmm. and like getting out of the grip of like pleasing white men that everybody is in including white men Inclu- including, including white, white men, men the yeah. only thing anyone wants to do is please is please a white man yeah. and be desirable by a white man including yeah. white men including straight white men yes so it's like and i want to say and i want to say also on top of it being like we want like i want to be desired by a white man or whatever there was also like as a stubborn human being if I was, if I saw that everybody wanted me to go with the only black person because it was the only black person, that had me viscerally reacting like, well, then no. Yeah. And that's not fair. That would, that, that, then it just turned into like an anti black thing for myself. Right. Like on top of inter- the internalized racism that I already had because of like the conditions of what I was growing up in, I was also trying to prove everybody wrong that like I had to be with a black person. Yeah. Which is just right. another negative point on me. Exactly. Like because. And so now I'm like, <laughs> it, it it was just all fucked up. It was like internal ra- internalized racism. Like I'm ashamed of being black, and, and I won't even say that to myself. Mm-hmm. And therefore, don't. I'm like, if and, I end up with a man, I feel like he has to be black. And therefore, <laughs> like I really don't. I can't. I can't picture myself with a man if he's not black. I right now don't even know if I can picture myself with like a cis man. Right. I don't know what I picture myself with at the moment but at all. All I know is that I am attracted to people that um, are just as, like, expansive about gender as I do. Like, have just as much of an expansive idea of gender as I do. Mm -hmm. Because I'm usually attracted to people that, like, are comfortable with masculinity, femininity, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. Which is mostly non-binary people and mostly trans people. Mm -hmm. Because just, like, the complex thought about gender is something that I think is attractive. Me too. I just feel like I can't be constrained mentally with the the spectrum of gender anymore. Right. Because it is so damaging. I've already gone inside of myself and, and found the bubble in which I have been holding myself in, and I can't really be in spaces where I have to go back to that bubble. I have to be talking to people who get it. I can't... I can't be romantically involved with somebody who like thinks that there are essential traits to a gender. 
yeah. like gender essentialism. Like I, I can't because yeah. I, I, I don't have time to explain it. I also, <laughs> I, I, sorry. Okay, this is more about race. One of the earliest memories of feeling othered is when we were all doing self portraits, and everybody in my class had a had a yellow crayon, and I mm-hmm. had a brown, mm-hmm. and it was just like yellow girls everywhere, and then me, and then yellow, 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 and yeah. I just remember being like, why? And it goes both ways of feeling like, why do I stand out negative, but also like, why do I stand out positive? Like mm-hmm. I feel like I've always just stood out a little bit, so I'm like, it's just the norm to me, right? Like we are different. Like the only constant in my life is that I'm different from everybody around Mm -hmm. me. Negative or positive. Yeah. And so it can be at the same time jarring and cathartic to be around people that are similar to me. Mm -hmm. Like I want to shout out Cuties, which is a organization in LA. They're a black owned queer organization in LA that throws events and stuff. And I, I've gone to a dance night that they threw and which I loved, but you know, like I feel like it's hard to connect with people at like the club. Mm -hmm. But then I went to a poetry reading and everybody on the lineup was black and most of the people in the lineup were like non-binary or genderqueer in some way and I literally like was vibrating like I felt like my skin vibrating and like I I was crying at some poems because of like how they were making me feel but I was also just crying at some sometimes with like the energy that was going on Mm -hmm. like like it felt like church like it was like Mm -hmm. a bunch of black queer genderqueer people in the audience and we were all going like, mm, mm, mm-hmm. and like cackling mm. and snapping and crying and just audibly responding. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is so black and queer and genderqueer. Mm. And I feel like crazy. I want to go. That I've not felt this level of like true unification. Unity. Unity. Li- like Unification. Literally, literal unity. Because yeah. it's like, U-N-I-T-Y. the only thing, the only thing I'm used to is standing out apart from my peers mm-hmm. in for some reason and mm-hmm. it's usually to do with my race mm-hmm. my gender or my sexuality mm-hmm. and then and in this space I was not different in any of those ways mm-hmm. and so it was like I was not used to it mm-hmm. and I was so thankful for it mm. so just shout out cuties cuties LA on Instagram they're amazing I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Let's get into something because we've been talking about fangirl fatigue in a roundabout way the whole episode. Yeah. Uh, We've been talking about, you know, liking things that are problematic a little bit. Toxicity in fandom. Realizing that you have to condemn some things and things that you grew up that you didn't realize. Some elements of things. Just elements of things. It's this phenomenon that we have been undergoing 
which is weird because we have this podcast and we literally are sitting here to talk excessively about fandom. However, like Amber touched on it earlier this summer where she was like feeling a little bit jealousy because I was going so insane over Doctor Who and Good Omens and Our Flag Means Death where she doesn't have like an active fandom to do that. Yeah. It's like maybe the lack of fandom joy, but also at the same time kind of like this like apathy like I feel like it's apathy for me like I feel like I, I'm feeling a li- like I can't like dredge up the emotions that I know I feel or have felt or can feel when I'm watching something mm-hmm. or at a concert or see- watching a trailer like right. I know that adrenaline that fangirl rush that excitement exactly and like, I'm not just I'm not you feeling just, it all the time yeah you're yeah you're listening to the news or you're watching something and you're just kind of like watching it with no no energy behind it. And I said to you, it's hard to feel the full range of your emotions when you're focusing so much on stress, anxiety, and depression. Yeah. Which is, I think, what? it's It has also been stemming from for me. I agree. But that was like just the intro to fangirl fatigue as we understand it. I was going to talk about the feeling of something that randomly pulls you out of it after like a long spell. Mm. I feel like I have been feeling it because there isn't anything current that I'm like need to keep up with or have the passion to keep up with. Maybe I also don't have the energy to do that. Like I had more room for that energy and focus when I was in school because school was structure. And so I was like, I know how to move about this. Whereas like in life, you're like, how do you balance the structure when you're doing it for yourself? You're balancing everything. Yeah. Like, you don't, you have to pay the rent. You have to pay your bills. You have like, to feed we yourself. I wasn't like, we weren't you focusing have to notice on when you're having a bad day. We were not focusing on bills. Like Mm-mm. we had ever, everything was like at a base level, like our basic needs were being met. So yeah. like, it was just more free. Like there was no stress about like, a job, what job you need to get. And it was like, like clear it and see wh- if you were staying on track because you were getting to the next grade. Yeah, and also like we had extracurriculars. So like yeah. I would feel bad and I would hate going to dance practice. But then after I left dance practice, I felt a lot better. Right, you you were just like, okay, like, I, I had a long exercise. day. Yeah, like I had proof of concept, I had a long day. I had a long day and then I, I twerked it out and then went home sweating and and it was fine. Fan, it was time to get on Tumblr for fangirls. Yeah. Like, Whereas now, stress, anxiety, depression, stress, anxiety, yes. depression. It was a different story when you're a teenager. Yes, it's a different story when you're a teenager, even from when you're in college, when you're like, you can skip class if you want. Like, it's just a different story when you are a teenager. It's, like, hard to be able to tell that you actually are even passionate about something unless it's right in front of you. Right. I've been in, on in such a low mood the majority of the year. Same. That I can't even, like converse with people in the level of enthusiasm with stuff that I even do like unless you catch me on a good hour mm-hmm. and I'm just being honest like I, I, I like if you want to discuss something that you've heard me discuss on here with a passion but we're out and about I might be very low energy mm-hmm. because at the moment I have fangirl fatigue because I'm one speaking about it so much on here like I've used this as my outlet yeah so by the time I'm like out that's not what I'm doing that's not what I'm talking about I have an outlet now which is kind of what Tumblr was even though in high school I was talking about it constantly it was just a different story in high school um yeah (laughs) it was something that I was so passionate about but like I can't fake fangirling so if if I'm not in the mood or I'm really like not here it's not gonna come out and if you if it does that's just because you've hit you hit a chord most of my fangirling is either one for work literally now yeah. like as fangirl central like running this company to mm-hmm. like produce the podcast host the podcast post on social media like keep up with content keep up with content and have an opinion about it 
So it's either for work directly, like my passion project that I work for myself for, but still work, mm-hmm. or completely online, like completely right. anonymously online on Twitter and Tumblr. And I can sit there and read tweets about Doctor Who, what, uh, I almost said One Direction. I'm not reading tweets about One Direction. Uh, and neither am I. <laughs> good Omens or Our Flag Means Death. I can read tweets about them or be on Tumblr for like an hour or two straight. And it feels like I'm engaging in fandom discourse, but I'm not at all. Like I'm just reading it. And so that also drains me. So yeah. it's like either completely publicly fangirling for work or completely privately fangirling mm-hmm. to like juice up, like to feel right. like I'm engaging and like I'm part of the fandom, but I'm really not. And like it's not neither of them are a stand-in for like in-person community mm-hmm. like in person at a concert or in person at comic con like when we went to the our flag means death like meetup on that boat or or like just among the the thralls of people in in the in the convention center like it's not a substitute and mm-hmm. and like i'm lacking in person fandom and mm-hmm. so i'm feeling this fatigue yeah. like right i feel like this is the first time i'm analyzing it but this is definitely not the first time that it's happened and so yeah. for this next part of the show i do want to go through some significant moments that snapped me out of my fangirl fatigue without me even knowing it was coming yeah. because insert whatever i'm obsessed with here yeah drop something while being on hiatus or wherever they were for a really long time. Like out of the blue. Yes. Okay. So I know we haven't talked about Five Sons of Summer and like our time without keeping up with them for a while, but it lined up at a time where they also weren't releasing new things. I think they were just like playing shows at festivals. Exactly. They were like just on tour for like a year and a half straight. Mm-hmm. And I was not, I had no idea that they were even doing that. I had unfollowed them on Instagram. I was just like, whatever. I was in college doing whatever I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know where it popped up, but their single Want You Back popped up. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a new Five Things of Summer song. They've been gone for years. This is like 2018. Or maybe it was 2017 when Want You Back came out. I can't remember. But then they released Young Blood, and I was like, good God, this is um good. This is pretty good. Yeah, and then you texted me to listen to it. And then I said, Amanda, maybe turn your ears back to Five Seconds of Summer. I remember texting you and being like, Five Sauce has a new song. Have you heard it? And you were like, Yeah, actually, it's like pretty good. It's like you should watch. You should listen to both of the new songs. Yeah, and then the album came out. I can't remember when, but I just remember that June. It was around June. It yeah. might have been May, but it might have been June. It was, the, it was the summer for sure. And I was listening to it on my way to and from my internship. That was like a, an hour commute. The, I was only listening to that to and from every single day. And I was like, this is euphoric. I was like, this is great. When I have an album that I can't stop listening to, I, I could not stop listening to this album. I was just imagining life w- as friends with these boys. Like, I was feeling like I was in high school again. I was yeah. like, this is something to live for. Yeah. Just to wake up and hear this music on the way to work. Mm-hmm. And then to get through the day and listen to it on the way home. That is life. Like, I felt that the same way. That is living. I felt the same way because I felt like my childhood was officially over because that's when I graduated college. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally graduated college and then they dropped an album. Mm. And I was like, oh, it was my good. life is good again. It was like so I was like, good. oh, five seconds of summer is my favorite band again. Like it's, yeah. it's 2014. We love five seconds of summer concerts. Like we would go and we we got nosebleeds just to be in the stadium to hear the music because we love their music that much. And so when they dropped this, I was like, oh my god. The last time we had been to a concert was in like 2015. Yeah, I think. and then they were going on tour with this album that we loved so much, and we were like. Oh, we have we have urgency to go somewhere again like they, this. They, they did a concert on Amber's college campus at SDSU. And I lied to the, my job and said that I was sick. 
I drove down to San Diego and went to the concert and spent one night there. We had the time of our lives. We sang. They sang beautifully. They had an amazing light show. They were in an amphitheater. I, 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 they sang old songs. They sang songs from our teenagehood. They sang so the songs from this album. Like, they... It was euphoric, it and was, it was just great. Like, that year, because Five Seconds of Summer came back, I was like, I am a fangirl. You know what? I actually felt that, too, at the Black Panther <sighs> premiere. Speaking of <gasps> earlier. like and Me that too, was, a little that, bit. That was that year. Yeah, it was like, February when, 2018. When I went to the world premiere of Black Panther with the, like, Black Cinema Society on mm -hmm. my campus, that's where I saw Taika. I literally sat in the same section as Taika. Like, he was standing up talking to, like, Ava DuVernay and, like, all the Marvel directors, and, like, it was ridiculous. I remember not caring about Marvel that much since 2015. It was right. the same amount of distance from that's when One Direction broke up. Yeah. That's the last time we went to a Five Sauce concert. That's the last time I cared about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And there was just like this emptiness from like 2015 to 2018 that we've like referred to in the past. I feel like we referred to it in the very first episode of this where it was like oh like in college we like just kind of like distanced from fangirling. Yeah. Like I didn't even like put that as part of my identity I would tell people you know funny thing about me is if you were to ask me what my main identity was from ages 11 to 17 it was fangirl mm -hmm. and I've said it in the past tense mm -hmm. and it's crazy that like it, it was just like a three-year gap literally like college era it, and like I feel all like these things are coming back into existence I mean even Harry like putting out a solo album in 2017 couldn't dredge it up for me yeah the way that I, like right that concert five sauce and like right I remember that concert where Harry we went to the Harry concert in 2017 live on tour and it was like I remember being there and feeling the same amount of depression as I felt at the on the road again tour where Zayn was not there and I was just there to try and have a good time really that's what you felt I was feeling like really low like I was feeling so sad he's saying if I could fly and also the what makes beautiful his own rendition that year uh -huh. and I was just like be in the moment it's Harry you have decent seats you know the words, sing the song, feel the moment. Mm. After it, when people were like, how was it? I didn't want to like be like, it was the best night of my life as like I wanted to about Take Me Home or something. Yeah. Like I was just kind of like. I mean, it was fresh. I went, like I said in the car, I went to my son's recital. That's how I felt. Like I was like, I was just, I was there to support because I know that I, I know that it would look bad on my One Direction resume if I didn't go to Harry's first tour. That's crazy. Which is also privilege. I had like a pretty good time at that concert. I just didn't like feel. I was sad. I remember shaming you. Okay, this isn't lining up for me because to me it seemed mm -hmm. like you were like crazy about Harry at the time. Because don't you, do you remember this? In 2017 when Harry came back. You went. You started going through a intense Harry phase. I remember like, when his in May when he, like, when it first dropped. When it first dropped, I, I I mean I was gone that summer, so I didn't see it. But then when I came back, you were like extra, extra, extra obsessed with him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I shamed you. I was like, Amber, get it together. Like you cannot be this obsessed with Harry. Oh wait, I do remember that. Yeah, that was when his album dropped. I was like, you need to chill out. But the thing is, and I was gonna say this a second ago. In 2017, we have to remember that I was obsessed with Tom Holland. Right. It was a very different type of obsession where it was a dangerous one, which I thought it was for Harry that's when I that's where I was coming from it was like you were acting like that with Harry mm -hmm. I well, I was acting like that with Harry in 2019 but I guess in 2017 too I, I'll believe that I think it was a chunk it was that chunk of time and I, I straight up was like chill out girl because of my obsession with Tom Holland I think that it was coming from a, a, a too much of a I'm in LA now this, this is a real possibility that's mm. in like a really delusionally crazy situation yeah which is why everyone I have scrubbed him from my feed I because Tom I, Holland, not Harry. Not Harry. I, I got so obsessed with the idea that Tom Holland was reachable. 
Yeah. And that's just crazy. Yeah. I also, I think that I was coming at you for Harry from a space of like fangirl fatigue. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, I have apathy towards this. So you need to calm down. Like I was projecting on you. He did save me. Oh, that is when I started saying Harry is my light and joy because he he came out with sign of the times at the end of freshman year where I was having a struggling time. And I and he said, just stop your crying as a sign of the times. Mm-hmm. And so that concert made me sad because I was like, I still am sad. Yeah, it's a sign of the times, but what's the that, sign that's so, okay. of what time? Okay, the sign of the time when I feel like that summer, our roles were reversed. Like in the way that you were like, I'm sad and jealous that I don't have something to fangirl over right now like mm-hmm. you do with Our Flag Means Death, Good Omens, and Our Fla- and Doctor Who. I felt that that summer for fr- because, I had because Spider-Man of, you and had Harry. Spider-Man and Harry. And I was like, well, I don't feel that way about literally anything and mm-hmm. I haven't for years. That's interesting. Years being two years. But to a child, so this a college student, that years is, is I, like every year is so long. I think 27, I think the Harry concert was the end of that rev up for me. And then I had my period of like the rest of 2017 and 2018 with nothing until yeah that. And it but was then only little blips like blips. Black Panther was Black a Panther blip. was a, and I want to say like, Black Panther Black Panther for me I don't feel even feel like I approach that from a Marvel fan I approach that as like a black person as a black person I was like we are going to the theater and it's gonna be filled with black people and this is the first superhero this is the first black superhero in the mainstream like that was a moment like. It was also 2018 where I was on my college campus taking African-American studies classes, like feeling the most empowered and the most enlightened that I had ever felt after being like so in the South. In the sunken place. In the sunken place. Yeah, it was also around the time that Get Out was coming. Like I, like I was really on the come yeah, up. Get Out of, like, had just come. I out. had all of my like really close black friends. I was friends with like all the black people that I grew up with, but my best friends best that I friends. had sleepovers with were white. Yeah, and like my closest friends were all black in at college. this point in college. Like they, like these are the people that I feel comfortable with and would tell anything to and everything. Yeah, and we went. We we all had similar experiences just from being black girls growing up in the years 1998 to 2017. And we went to this theater. We were doing some call and response. We were having a good time. We were screaming. We were laughing with these people. And it was it was community. It I, was community. It wasn't fangirl community, but it was community. And I am now realizing that it was fangirl community. It was fangirl community. And I had a similar experience at the premiere. Like the section that we were in was like up in the like um, balcony like I think it was the El Capitan Theater. I think that's where they do all their premieres, Marvel. And I, I literally, even though I was going to the premiere, I was like, I was like, uh, like I didn't, like just even, like yeah, I didn't have it. I didn't have any excitement. Cool right? Yeah. Like it sounds cool, but like you're just kind of going on autopilot. I was like, that's so cool. And that sucks. Like I got dressed up and like I was thrilled to see Michael B. Jordan that up close. Like he is so hot. Literally, literally, literally smoking hot. Um. Saw Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace. And then, like, all the people, Taika, like, all these people. And so I was getting excited, but it was, like, at that point, also, we had met so many celebrities that I was, like, not that excited again. Mm -hmm. Amber. (laughs) Amber's crying. (laughs) Let it out. That's crazy. That's also crazy. That's not fair at all. Oh, no. Okay. Heavens. 
I really wasn't thinking about it. Okay. And see, there's this things that can trigger emotions. Right. Like, like did that that came out of nowhere. It was an exciting it was an exciting night, but I just wasn't feeling excited. But we got there and then the movie started and everyone's responses like there were mostly black people in that theater, which I wasn't anticipating. Yeah. And everybody was responding like everyone was laughing at all the black jokes. Everyone was. Mm, they were just saying that like it was people like the night where like people like they, they were they were lines like colonizer like that struck all the black people very viscerally now that now we can go back in it if it was like in a who's you'd be like okay like upgrade a little bit yeah. but then that was like one of the first things and it was we in like, a marvel movie it was a huge it was a mainstream marvel studio <sighs> action movie and and, to, and for, it, for it to be at the premiere and and all the black people in the audience in the industry cackling at that line like, yeah. and lines like that. And it, also, it's like, and like feeling the strength of like both sides. Like yes. Killmonger, people were like, we see where he goddamn is fucking coming from. Yes, because when he would make a point, we would all be like, Mm-hmm. He 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 said yeah. What did he say? He said I'd rather be in the bottom of the ocean with my ancestors yeah. than like this. Yeah, and that is and in chains too fucking real. And that's what I mean. That's what I mean earlier. Like that and other like a lot of other things. But like I think even like when I was talking about Beyonce with Amber on the last episode, mm-hmm. what are white people getting from this, or what are they hearing? Like legitimately. Are, is this all fantasy to you, or is this just a song to you? What are? Wh- did you hear that? I I don't think people hear it because we have another Hunger Games movie in theaters while all this shit is going on in yes. Palestine and Israel, and people don't understand that President Snow or whatever Coronalius, 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 Corio. I don't Corio. Corio. Just call, just call him Snow. Just call him Snow because Snow is a fascist. Snow is a fascist, and he it is, is it, it's the making of a fascist. But like all those movies and all these movies, like like the Empire versus the re- the rebels, and like Katniss versus the Capitol, like they can put themselves in those people's places when they're watching a dystopia, but they cannot put themselves in the spaces of the oppressed when it's actually happening Mm -hmm. when genocide is actually happening in real life i saw a tweet that it said like liberals will say that civil war was horrible and that genocide was horrible but while it's actually happening they won't say a thing exactly yeah that was horrible like it what they will condemn i I do not support the idea of that but while it's happening it's like i saw that i saw that tweet it's they'll condemn genocide in the past and they'll support civil rights movements in the past but they will not condemn genocides in the present and they will not support civil rights movements in In the the present. present Because if there's anything about fascist movements, it's that most people will support them while they're happening because there's so much denial that they're happening. Yes. In the present. Yes. So clearly people will watch Black Panther and not know what's going on. It is just a fantasy to them Mm -hmm. because the Hunger Games is also just a fantasy. Yeah. That's not based on real life. How could it be? And that was a joke in case anyone can't tell that I was being sarcastic. Right. But like, yeah, Black Panther did rev me up for the time being mm-hmm. five sauce did rev me up for the time being but i feel like it didn't hold like like every time it's like a drug yeah fangirling is like a drug mm-hmm. like it actually is because it releases endorphins the when you're like when you're like 12 hours so excited like when you're so excited in the theater or when you're so excited for your artist for the artist to come out or so excited to watch a trailer like Moving on to 2019, like when the Jonas Brothers announced that they were coming back and that they were having 
a single drop the next day with a music video, I my world stopped. Like, oh my I, God. It, was, it was as if I had been like floating along a lazy river and someone had just put a tidal wave through me. Do, okay, I need to explain this a little bit because can I just paint a picture? At that point, I was living with six girls and two of two of them were also One Direction fans. So three of the six people I was living with were closeted what, directioners. And we were like, "Let we, we have our own apartment. Let's watch One Direction shit and scream about it. And let's listen to the songs whenever we want to. And so the other three were just kind of like, those girls are different than the first two years we met them. <laughs> they're, they're talking about these boys a little bit more than the first two years we met them. And it was like, whatever, whatever, whatever. And I remember I kept on saying to like this one roommate in particular, I was like, you don't understand. Like, if you knew me back then, this is nothing. Me listening to them and singing every riff is actually nothing. And I was also the same for the Jonas Brothers yeah. when I was ten. Right. Just, 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 just so I can, just so you just can know. Just for a backstory, like, just, if you want to get to know me after we've, like, since we're living together now, like, this is. By just, the way, I, I used to be crazy. I, I used to be a crazy fangirl. And I would so, mention that too in my college. Just like right, sprinkle, just very lightly, just sprinkle, just very anybody lightly. Me, anybody mention what's the oldest Jonas Brothers name? What, Ke Joe, Kevin. It's, it's Kevin. It's Kevin, and then Joe, and then Nick. Yeah, and like we know their birthdays and their middle names. Oh yeah, and actually Joe's birthday is August fifteenth, and Kevin's first name is Paul. Um, and he's a junior, just so you know. Yeah, and, and there's a fourth one. There's there's, there's a fourth there's one. Four. There's J Frankie. He don't went to Belmont Frankie. University, and we would just sprinkle, just like I know things. Just I know this, and you don't know that I. And know so that. I remember when I feel like she was the one who was like, or no, she couldn't have been the one. She probably I probably saw it, and then she was like, "Did you see that they they reactivated their Instagram like annoying like oh that?" Oh my god! And so I I was like I was like yeah I did, but that it does doesn't mean it couldn't possibly mean anything, you know, because they were brothers and they broke up because they were having a family feud so it just couldn't possibly mean anything no and don't not no don't, don't look at me like a zoo animal about what, how me. how i'm about to react to this and then and then they dropped a photo and then i was like everybody sh everybody um be quiet for a second because we don't know the conditions and we don't know what's about to happen don't don't listen to the fake news we yeah w this could just be we don't know we don't know it could be hacked we don't know and then they dropped sucker and i was like the music video and the song it's on the same day. It's 2019 and the Jonas Brothers are back. The Jonas Brothers are back and it's 2019 and they left us in 2012, kind of 2013, not sure the exact date. But that is insane. It and was I was a like red alert. It was re it was actually red alert. Mother and Amanda and I in the group chat we were like red alert. Red alert, the Jonas Brothers are back. Red alert. Do you see that the Jonas Brothers are back? And what does this mean? The Jonas Brothers are back. My my head was light. The timeline has light. shifted. Like, and, like I found out that the Jonas Brothers were getting back together, listened to Sucker and watched the music video, and saw them perform Sucker for the first time live on James Corden all in the same week. All in the same week. All I, in the same week. Amber got us tickets to James Corden to see J the Jonas Brothers on yes, James Corden. I just live applied taping. just to see if it would work. They're free. And I was like, maybe we'll get them. I got four tickets for me, Tiana, Capri, and Amanda. And we said, we're going. It was the closest we'd ever been to the Jonas Brothers. We had not seen them. We skipped class. We skipped work. We skipped everything. I was supposed to start a job the, the, the day that that happened. And I lied and said, I didn't know I was supposed to start today. Can I start tomorrow? And that's fair because this is the Jonas Brothers and they have not been back since we were children and we didn't know how to act. I'm not gonna and so what that. you're going to get is us not knowing how to fucking act. We are about to like re release all responsibilities and go see the Jonas Brothers perform their 
first single in years live three times in a row right in front of our faces we, and you know what i touched all of them on the shoulder all of them on the shoulder well, as they exited have never been that close to them in our lives they like, were like i hadn't we hadn't seen them in person or in concert in 10 years in 10 it had years been since 2009 yes the and lines so vines and trying times tour. fucking 10 years younger and i was having flashes of them as teenagers while watching them perform like i was like that cannot be joe nick and kevin jonas that in can't front be of joe. my <laughs> you have to understand that joe jonas joe jonas was betrothed to me at age 10 with his dark eyebrows his dark eyelashes his hair his dark leather jacket and now he's in front of me as a grown adult and I, and, a college student. And then, like, two weeks later, tickets for them coming to the Hollywood Bowl went on sale. And and we got them. We got them. And we got them, and we went to this concert, and they performed a medley of all of their old songs. And all that stuff, all that stuff, like, the the, the songs dropping, the albums dropping, all the, their, their fucking documentary dropping, all of this, all of this, all of this. It was still a low level of fangirling for me, like... Like it, it, it was like it was waking it was up like a, a beast. Yeah, it was like the beast was revving, was, was a revving. Like it was like the dragon, if it had been sleeping for the last five or so years, now it was like kind of like getting out of REM sleep. Can I hear something? And then the concert happened. It was awake. The beast was awake. Like, like my fangirl beast till you had a headache. My fangirl beast has been awake since 2019 because the Jonas Brothers came. Back. I have to agree. Like the concert, the documentary, the the healing of the doc, the, the healing, the healing that documentary brought with them being like, yeah, we had fam familial problems. When it was Nick's fault. It was Nick's and fault. We and we always all knew. went to therapy. We always and we knew. Always Nick knew. is conceited and it's fine. <laughs> we are back together and we're gonna handle him and his problems. We are brothers. And we came. We went to that concert. With them unified and looking hot as ever, singing the songs that we had grown up with, had not seen them for 10 years. And then they came to the stage close to us. And that's when I literally, I'm not kidding, like it wasn't a hallucination. I saw them as teenagers mm -hmm. singing Love Bug. I saw them as teenagers singing Love Bug. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then they brought out Big Rob. And, and then they, they brought, brought out Big, Big Rob. Rob. And we were with our mother. And our we were with our mother. We haven't mom. been to a concert with our mother since the Jonas Brothers. Since the Jonas Brothers, probably. And now since now we've seen the Jonas Brothers since they've gotten back three times. And she's been with us every time. Now, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I have been like, what the fuck is going on with me with my fangirl fatigue? Like, I literally can't dredge up the emotion to fangirl. Like, I can't even like... I can't believe we're having this conversation. Talk about like Doctor Who in a really excited manner unless like I've just watched the episode like when I was watching the episode and I spontaneously burst into tears I was like I felt so joyful I was like oh my god I can't believe it's affecting me like this and and like I can't believe how happy I am to see David Tennant running around as a doctor I'm like that's David oh Tennant god. he's like almost 50 years old and, and he's, he's running doing around it again. as a doctor I was like I'm my age and he's his age and we've grown and he's doing it again. David I'm having Tennant is the doctor. Real life, real life deja vu, like fangirl deja vu. Like that is that, like that's the current doctor. Like that's the car. That's the current doctor. Yeah, the current doctor is David Tennant, and the current companion is Catherine Tate. It really because of having this conversation now, it's like it's all sinking in with me. It's like. It's I have come I, back. These emotions, it's revived. these emotions are not accessible to me in my day to day because Amber said that she's been very low this year. This has been 
I've been the most depressed I've ever been this year. Like, it's been a very tough year, and I can't believe we launched a podcast this Neither year. Neither can I. I don't know what we've been doing. And what we've been doing, but, like, it's been a struggle bus. And the only thing getting us through is things like the Avatar The Last Airbender trailer dropping. That shit, I was like, I was like, wait... This might be the thing that revives me. But before we get into that, I'd want to talk about how how ironic it is that the Jonas Brothers, this is the first day that we brought this to the studio. And I feel like also having them right there. They look as, so scary. As themselves. They do look scary. There's a Jonas Brothers blanket behind me, and it really looks scary. Everyone, Oh, yeah. I was like, everyone can see it. We've got it in frame. But this is a podcast. This is a podcast. <laughs> what I want to say is Joe is staring at me through his glasses and his stupid half smile. And thank you for being here, Joe. It is ironic. You can watch the video. We ha- I, we post a video of us reacting to the Avatar The Last Airbender trailer, and we just burst into tears. Like, I burst into tears as soon as the music started. And seeing Aang, like, because Aang's not the first thing you see in the trailer, but seeing Aang, and then the music starts, and it's the same music. I'm sorry. Seeing Momo. And then, yeah. Seeing Momo. Seeing Momo. Seeing, seeing Omashu. Appa. Like, but it, all of that was- how accurate it looks. The music. And how colorful it is, too. Because you know they be doing... Marvel is guilty of it. Uh, they that, wash that, it out. That Cowboy Little Bebop. Little Mermaid. The Cowboy... Be- Little Mermaid. Drab. The Cowboy Bebop ad- adaptation. Into drab. the woods. Put Why are you color. so dark? Put we some- can't see. The source material is very colorful. So if they had made Avatar, like, the, the movie adaptation... Because the movie adaptation of The Last Airbender is drab as fuck. There's so much wrong with it. But the colors... I'm like, um... Fire... There's color in there. There's color in the fire. There's color in the water. There's color in the earth. Like, give me some color. Give us some and color. You want to know what that trailer did? Color. Come to <laughs> February 22nd, <laughs> 2024, I'm sat. That is something you may be able to look forward to. I think that'll be one of the first times that you hear Amanda and I watching a revival of a mutual fandom yeah. live. Like, we right. will be doing recaps on that. That is something that we are both equally obsessed with. Yes, we did a recap of Our Flags Being Death, but I watched that because I knew I, we needed to. Um, happy I did, obviously. But right, even, but this like, is the first... this is the first time that we have this mutual fandom that we both grew up with, and it has a visual reaction from both of us. And it's current. Like, it's something it's that's happening currently. So we, that should be exciting. I also, I want to do a rewatch of the series and then ha- do an Avatar Is episode. that what we should focus on in January? We should rewatch. I mean, it would only take us three days. Exactly. Um, but we should rewatch the series and then do an Avatar episode, or we could break it up if we have too much to say, mm-hmm. leading up to the release yeah like i think we should release it before the release and mm-hmm. then be like and then now we're doing the live action yeah and, and now that yeah. so yeah. this is a teaser for all of you we're going to be talking about avatar finally yeah. i wanted to do a live avatar variety show but yeah one we were burnt out and two like i could i couldn't come up with a concept for it but that's well, like i think we could definitely come up with a concept for behind, it now when behind, we're not burnt out when we're like thinking about fandoms for me the it's first, easier. the first that I think of, top fandoms that I think of are One Direction, Disney Channel, Twilight, and Avatar: Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just such cultural phenomenons that we we will be creating space in our heads to dedicate ourselves to making live events and shows yeah. again because yeah. that is something we like to do. We've just been very tired and on our last leg and don't have the money to produce the the types of events that we would like to. Right? But please subscribe to the Patreon and please, donate if like, you love us. It's easier for me, like just spontaneously picking up a camera and, and like talking my thoughts about whatever I'm watching and mm-hmm. the moment. It's mm-hmm. easier for me to do that than rather than like get on this mic and then like 
have to performatively fangirl. Like exactly. There is another moment of revival that I wanted to discuss. What we already that? discussed Harry, but it's Harry again. Um, it's Harry in 2019, also after the Jonas Brothers, because while the Jonas Brothers revived one thing, you know, you can always have more help from Harry styles yeah well i feel like because you were revived it fueled i feel like because it's hard for me to remember now but like i feel like what happened was the jonas brothers came back and then harry came back mm -hmm. he came and out with another if his second album mis not mistaken justin bieber came back with an album that i actually listened to because i d i didn't listen to all of justin's albums i my favorites are the first two yeah um, but fine line had like just Come so out. what happened was Harry was bi was silent, hadn't thought about him once all two years since the live on tour. I was like, okay, we're done with that. He went silent. I was like, whatever. We don't know where he is. And then suddenly it was like, Harry has a new music video out. And I was like, hmm? The people around me don't know what's about to happen. Because even when I did have my revival of Harry with his, his self-titled, it was through the summer, so I still wasn't talking to friends. Yeah. Um, so then when he came out with Lights Up, it was in October, and I was like, I've been hit by a drop, and you guys don't know what happens when when One Direction surprises me. And it was the same month of the Jonas Brothers concert. It was the same month of the Jonas Brothers concert. I was only living with Emma, so I was like kind of self-isolated where I was like able to scream and lo lose my mind in my living room. And so that's what I did. And then I was like, you know what? He's here to get me through senior year. And mm -hmm. that's what he did. And then he said, I have a fine line listening party, which was just a concert where he sang every song front and back from the album. And I was like, Amanda, we have to go. But oh no, I have a final. It was one night only. One night only. Oh no, I have a final on that day. And then I said to my professor, I said, and it was like an oral presentation, so you had to be there. And I was like, listen, I'm gonna have to go home early. Is there any way we can work something out? He was like, because you have to go home and I wanna honor that, I will work it with you. If I didn't say I had to go home, he would have been like, no, show up. So I said, I have to go home. I wasn't lying. I went home the very next day, <laughs> one. And two, I did fucking go home because I went the goddamn home. I was in that stadium and what the sadness I felt at Live on Tour in 2017, I didn't feel an ounce of it in 2019 at the Fine Line listening party for one night only because I was there, I saw him in his white pants and his pink shirt, and I was listening so hard to the music that he created and dropped for us. I listened to She, which was beautiful. I listened to um, uh, 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 Golden. That's what he opened up with. And then he brought... Stevie Nicks out on stage and sang a Christmas song, and then and then I went home to Memphis the very next day, and it was all something that was very euphoric. It was something that I very much needed. I yeah. needed to go home, and I did. Yeah. And Harry brought me there. And I and and you were like, I don't know. I have a final, and I said, I remember because you hesitated a little bit, and I was like, Who gives a fuck? I'm getting the tickets. What, That's what you said. I said, I'm getting the tickets. And then you got the tickets while I was in an exam, a completely different class, but you got the tickets when they were on sale. I was in an exam, and you said, I got them. Two things were serious about concert tickets and Comic Con badges. Yeah. It's like, we don't care if we're broke as hell. We'll, we'll get that. And that reminds me, I was manic about Harry in 2017 because he had like three opportunities for me to get tickets and I didn't get them until the third. And I was like, he only had so many options because he wanted me, Amber Miller, to get a ticket. And thank you, Harry, I did. Like, I was like, I didn't get it this time. He's going to keep on doing it until I get a ticket. And he did. The fangirl fatigue has been so bad that I forgot that Avatar Last Airbender was my favorite show until I saw that trailer. The fangirl fatigue has been so bad that I didn't know I could talk this fast anymore about what I previously liked. Like, I just have been so low. Like, even last night, y'all, I was like, Amanda, I don't even know if we can do this episode. I don't have it in me. I don't. But here it is. It's the end of the year. It's our second to last episode of the year. And I think 
that this is fangirl central where we mm, get fangirl fatigue yeah we're being real about how we're actually feeling and so we are recording this in november taking the entire month of december off of recording to rest and relax and restore and we'll be back better than ever in the new year it'll be actually but but you know we have a a, one one last episode after this yeah and that'll be a fun one and it'll be a fun one (laughs) (laughs) follow us everywhere at fangirl.central on instagram youtube and tiktok Mm -hmm. follow our patreon patreon.com slash fangirl central where we're going to be giving you guys a lot more content extra content bonus podcast episodes please consider donating even just five dollars a month helps us a lot we also have an exclusive discord if you want to hop on there and scream with us um and yeah who knows what 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 we'll have we just finished a rewatch of every single barbie animated movie so through 2008 so so if that's a hint for what's to come then just keep your eye out if you like barbie keep an eye out keep an eye out and as always keep it chaotic Yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.